Hello and welcome to another episode of Tried and True, a podcast hosted by Delaware War Machine. I am your host, Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Erica. I'm Andy. Happy holidays, everybody. We made it through the storm and we've also made it to the Mark IV Great Update. Hooray! Yay! Yay! Congratulations, Mark IV Steamroller 24 launch. And there was much rejoicing. There was. I'm excited <laughs> to get back to recording and doing content again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all this stuff. I'm uh, excited with all the changes that they put out in the re- most recent prim- Primecast. But let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, Gonzo th- from More Than Dice, thank you so much for giving us a platform, as well as Muse on Minis for letting us to be able to you know, share all the fun stuff. Lots of good podcasts out there. Check the show notes for it. And for everyone on Patreon, we appreciate your continued support. Thank you so much. So let's get right into it, everybody. The document went out yesterday. And, you know, we were able to go ahead and take a look at it. A lot to digest and un- unpack. What did you all think? Um, well, I think uh, a lot of these changes were necessary. Um, a lot of them are nice to haves, which is very good. Uh, and a lot of them clear up some of the weird rules interactions that have been pointed out over the last year. Uh, so it's really good to see some of those things uh, get cleaned up and some of the items that need some love get the love they need. Yeah, I think a lot of the armies that were really, really sore got got a lot of help um the circle living army in in particular looks like a lot more fun now with tanith and the update to iona um they look like a lot of fun well not even that but also like being able to address the issues i'll just call them issues but i mean like we, we knew it was a problem i got back at the shadows and retribution where it was too efficient for what it was so i'm glad that they were able to kind of pull it down and you know, Thyron can sit on the bench for a little bit and, you know, take a breather. There were a couple of things that they had to tamp down, like things like Artillerist. Well, it was just like, this is probably a little silly that we need to adjust this rule a little bit. Because <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> that's a lot of ranged accuracy that you probably did not deserve looking at you, Galleon. Forget the Galleon. I can't take that war wagon that had like m- m- Rat 11 or some nonsense. <laughs> I stopped playing that, that months time. ago. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Y'all been on the receiving <laughs> end of that for so long. I'm glad to see that shit get changed. Thank you for taking Artillerist away. I, ha- I haven't yeah. played that since... I, so what happened with the War Wagon, effectively, was um, it broke into a billion little pieces uh, on my way back from Siege, which is why I didn't play it since Siege. It's still waiting to be rebuilt. It'll be fine. I just it, it made me sad to look at it. It's like it's Robocop laying over there on the table, <laughs> stuff in the corner. The, um... We can rebuild him. But we don't want to spend the glue. Yeah, the, the one thing I'm really excited about, and this is one of my biggest uh, complaints with playing, uh, referring to Steamroller, uh, playing the old Mark III packet, uh, I felt playing Mark IV rules with my armies, like something was fundamentally missing in tournament play. Um, just for me, and that might just be me as a player, so I'm really excited to... Um, you know, try out these new scenarios. My cat's fighting in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> Come on, lady. We're still gushing over armies. I'm not ready. For yeah, yeah. I've also a uh, full disclaimer and transparency. I just got done working seven tens in a row. This is like my first night off, so I, I may may be partaking in libations this evening for this oh, podcast. Oh, Dan, uh, you own Convergence. What do you think about the Convergence changes? There's a lot of them. Uh, so I didn't go through all of them, but um, the ones that I did see were important. The um, ability to induct from nine inches away is pretty huge. That's massive, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that extra three-inch bubble in every direction is a lot of surface area on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helps you relax your positioning and get a lot more flexibility in your army. And maybe you can field one less warjack 
um, or down to one even, um, but I'm not sure about that, but um, you can field less warjacks and still reliably be able to pass things between them without having uh, to feel too stretched. So I think it's a great change for the army overall. Does I forget? Does the uh, does the attachment warjack dude count as one of the warjacks? I forget. What's his yes, name? The, the corollary. The corollary. Is a, yeah. Is a warjack model. Yeah. yeah, it's a light. It's not a lesser. Okay. Yeah. You, you ever want to stress out your convergence players? Just ask them the stats on the corollary. Like even like <laughs> bottom of one. <laughs> yeah. Just ask them the stats on that thing. Yeah. What's uh? <laughs> how many boxes it got? What's, what's what's the defense on the corollary again? Okay. <laughs> what? I just what, I, what model? Yeah. I always thought convergence was a really interesting faction. I didn't like them very much at the end of Mark Three and what they became. But I want to see them more on the table. I think they're they're really cool. But the the whole Aurora show of what it was last last couple of years of Mark III, I, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping they're good, but not in that way. I think yeah. it was just such a high note for the faction to end on that a lot of people are just using that as well. It's not as good as the good old days. But I think with the change that they made, there's probably going to be some um, uh, some maneuverability to you know create some really cool stuff. Uh, Andy, how do you feel about your choir being able to shout further away at the jacks? Uh, I think that was that. That's that's kind of a requirement. Um, it's still a little bit sad having to keep them all within two inches of each other because a single decent AOE kills the whole unit very very easily um, yeah. because they're not allowed to spread out anymore. Um, it's it's a better rule, I think, just so the jacks themselves can spread out a little bit, especially with the Mark Four rule set, you're really going to have to... You can't just brick up in the middle of the board anymore. We'll, we'll talk about that with the new steamroller stuff, but like... Yeah, I just remember the you, that you ended up talking about that when we first started playing, and you're like, how how does choir work? And just because they're like so small, and like, oh man, that's a that's a that's an interesting thing. So I think it's going to also help out your newer players as well, trying to yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, work, that, work on that stuff. Hey, how about all those house callus buffs? How about that? Uh, are we getting into this right now? That's a lot of buffs you got there over there. Is this? Are we doing this now? Doing Paul? what now? I mean, I mean, I, 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 don't think there's really okay. a, a set, set right. schedule or yeah. Scroll down thing. to the notes. Okay. All right. So let's talk about them. Dusk. All right. So <laughs> uh, we got some buffs. Okay. Uh, so for those that don't know, uh, I was a Grimkin player for several years. Uh, tried out Winter Core for a hot second when the army launched, and I've been playing Dusk since spring of last year. Absolutely love them. Coming from Grimkin. Uh, they scratched my itch. They got a lot of a lot of cool, unique, silly things going on. This might not um, be a part. Yes, Erica, the Empress would like a word about your defection. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was it was rough with them Winter Court. Like shout out Boris, I still love you. Magnificent beard. I I just can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. Um, Anyway, so like the dust changes, this uh, might not be a popular opinion, and this is just my opinion. Okay, this is just this is just Erica talking dust. Although I appreciate the buffs, like the dread guards uh, getting eight boxes, especially the slayers, huge. Um, I'm worried about the kitty cats because they're a very strong model, and uh, they are expensive, right? They did go up two points. I haven't played them since the hit point change uh some more to follow there and then the archers getting that uh bump in rat to help with that you know elite range accuracy cool uh we'll see about them eight boxes <laughs> uh i don't know if the army needed everything it got to be completely transparent i think there's a lot of hidden power within that faction that i've kind of been exploring and discovering as I play. I've had about 50 to 60 games with the army now. Um, I'm worried that some of these changes may propel them to an alpha status for a Mark IV army we have not seen yet. 
You didn't mention about the Blade Masters ha getting Sacred War now. Do you think that they're going to be seeing a little bit more play now that they can actually receive buffs from the army? I think okay. Again, I think they're a great first wave. I, I thought I thought yeah. they were fine. I thought they were great. Um, I've really started to take two units of them ex um, instead of guardians in games to act as my vanguard, and they've been a great delivery piece. I think in the faction uh, dust players, we may be sleeping on the blade masters. That UA, I love the UA. Um, and I think there's a lot of power that that's kind of hidden in there, like the Eidolon buff to Matt Seven. I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh, and the Ghast. Okay, so I'm probably in like the super minority here. I liked OG Ghast. Okay, I thought he was a he was a cute little Jack. Um, I used him a lot to tie up my opponent. Dan and Andy have been on the receiving I'm glad end. Powerfield's gone. Thank you. <laughs> Said Ghast. Now you know we what? just need to get rid of it off Israfil. I uh, you know he. He was a little guy, man. He was confused. He didn't know what his role was in this life. That really resonated with me because I feel like the gas a lot of the times. Uh, so it'll be interesting to play with the uh, the gas changes. But overall, I guess my summary is uh, I'm looking forward to playing this new Dusk Army. I'm, I have reservations about what this will do with the, the greater scene at large. But um, go Dusk. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail us on that. Um... I guess, Paul, you want to get into your Orgoth stuff? I always want to get into Orgoth stuff. I mean, so I, I'm very happy with... the with, Okay, uh, mixed message with the Orgoth. All right, I'm going to go to my notes now and go take a look. All right. <laughs> the Jackal, the Arc Node going to two. I agree with that because for one point, that was way too good. And getting little tiny, like, five-point Jackals that are just, like, cheap Arc Nodes. Like, it's better than... Um, what is it than Cricks? You know, which I think was the premier, like, good, cheap Arc Nodes faction. So I think the fact that, that they upped it was perfectly fine. Kishtar... I, I'm happy that she's more efficient individually. Um, I'm glad that her control range went up to 12. Her feet, I think that they did a good job at dialing back from her just being a straight-up assassination caster. But I think a challenge, though, is just trying to figure out what she wants to go and play with now. I was playing around with an idea like, okay, maybe because that she does the, the accuracy... Um, and she, you know, wants guns. Maybe you try to do a combined arms uh, jack with like harpoons and like maybe a, a, a beater weapon or the quad bolter and the scything flail. I, I don't really know what she particularly wants um, because what, it, you know, she was she was a coin flip. She was either like really like she did what she needed to do or she didn't do it. And I think what happens like now the coin is like stuck on the side and we're just trying to figure out well, what is it that, that we're able to go do with her now at this point. Yeah. So I'm interested in throwing her like on the table and like seeing what she's capable of. Uh, skirmishers gaining bless and prowl, uh, be able to, I, 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 I was, uh, got him up to an effective power and strength 17, which was pretty freaking cool. Like they just delete anything that they can get to. If you can land all your debuffs and stuff, charging 17s uh, is pretty good. Oh my gosh. And like, they're just the wave of the attacks and stuff. Um, yeah. So you throw them with the, with the, um, the banner man. Yeah. Um, and then you have Sabreth in there, and you just basically up their damage with the Silence of Death and a you know debuff with a Crippling Grasp. And between that, they'll just melt anything that they touch. And because they have Blessed, like if you have an armor buff, it doesn't matter. So they are phenomenal. They just it's just trying to get them there, but the Prowl definitely helps them out with that. Yeah, she got Fog so War, right? So they got Stealth all the way in. Yeah, and I mean, like, and if I mean, if you want to make an argument, you can probably also take the Cloud Wall spell, Unnatural Darkness. I 
you know whether you think it's useful or not i've you know i i'm a i'm a cloud wall kind of guy so i'm okay with it i think there there's a a, a place for it oh but i think just with her um with her fog of war i think it's good oh yeah i think up? i think on the subject of cloud walls too i think with the terrain changes that came with the new steamroller packet uh because like clouds going to cost three was always something that's kind of uh confusing to me so it's coming from grimkin right i was uh, king of nothing i used him um pretty exclusively for at least a year and a half and i was like oh god like clouds are so expensive but i think clouds are going to start seeing or being more effective in play with the new terrain rules on the you're talking about with all the scatter pieces like scatter yeah scatter the scatter, fact that yeah. like now or, uh, 10 or 10 to 14 pieces of terrain hard actually they uh they uh they caught a, they caught a couple uh swift lefts i think oh, aren't you the one Wait, that always complained about the old witch this guy over here look no, I'm am j- just saying like she I, she's <laughs> no longer broken it seems, <laughs> and then they finally yeah. uh, they finally kicked the uh, the naysayers ass a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean absolutely. I I guess with the warhorse uh, since it can't um, since the warhorse can't play fall dead. down it can always be shot. Yeah, yeah, but it can repo, so at least you're able to repo that model to keep it somewhat safe from the rest of the. But you really want to protect it because if that thing dies, you lose rise and exactly. you effectively so lose an activation. So it's, a, it's a rough situation for Grimkin now, where it's like you have to either try and like you know stealth that model or trying to figure out a way for it to be away from its friends so it doesn't just get shot with aoes and kill all its buddies but at the same time i think this and we were talking a little bit about this with the winter core um before we started recording i think some of these changes with bringing some of these other units up and toning some of them down i think that opens up a list building where we're going to start seeing like maybe we're going to stop seeing the double Nayslayer build, right? Maybe we're going to stop seeing the double Kitty Cat Cat build for for Dusk. 24, 24 points is a lot for double cats. That's too much, you guys. Look. Well, I think it's that in combination with the core rules change of the decrease in the requirements for the battle group. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. We got to talk as about that. in addition to the changes that you were mentioning now, uh, is definitely going to open up a lot of list building. I think it will but for I'm... War Machine. I'm not sure about Hordes. I keep trying to make Boomy work with only, like, one beast, but I think I need at least two, maybe three for Boomy. Like, I don't, I don't think... I don't know if it works. I, I don't think, even though they have the stipulation that you'll need one cohort model... I wrote this down earlier. If you look at the scenarios, I think four of the six um, have the 50 mils, so they're going to require the battle group model, like payload and what have you and stuff. I think it's going to be silly to... I mean, maybe maybe if you're just want to rock a colossal like that helps that whole like process out that you can actually play a colossal now in your army and you're going to be okay. But I can't see not having like just one cohort model becomes the the the, the new meta. I don't see that happening. Maybe so, for a list, but not for like across the board. I I agree with you. I think it's important to note that these rules don't just apply to steamroller and competitive players, but anyone who wants to play in their basement as well. And sometimes people just want to play an army full of infantry and whatever. I just have one more jack. That's all I want right now. What this does, um, what this does do, is make juniors viable again. Which I, yes. I think, I think for a lot of Mark IV juniors, just were not a thing that worked really. It's, just because you even, had to take three war jacks they, and then there were. Yeah, jacks. it's it's even with Magnus, right? Like I I have Magnus. Yeah, I've Magnus tried to make him work, but it's 
with that 20 point cost that was so hard to eat earlier, even with the blimps, right? So 2024, you're going to hear it now. I'm going to make dust or yeah, blib dust kit work. Like that's a list that we're going to drive on with for this year. Uh, but I'm excited that it opens up list building to be able to take things like the Magnus, like the blimps. Um, There's definitely more room like for creativity. I, I think maybe you'll see some skew lists, but I don't think it's going to be that, that big a change. I don't think. Right. Uh, and I think that's the part I'm trying to stress is that it allows uh, an individual player to express more creativity in list building. And I think that just like every war game ever, the good things will always rise to the top. And we will eventually see this shake out as well. And people will get their opinions in place about what they think is best and how they want to play. But what this does is support their ability to play the game however they like to. And that's important. You can even do something where it's like a narrative scenario where, I don't know, like you want to go do like the Black Tide and be like, let's actually do like the mass infantry with only, yeah. you know, your one or two so, jacks. Like the actually make it was, like the story. Who was the one who suggested only light jacks? Who was the one who said that? That was, somebody Somebody was saying that, where you do a scenario where you're only allowed to take lights. Uh, I don't know. I'm not me. sure. Maybe it was, uh, I think it was Dave. I think it was Dave. Um, oh, so here's a question for you guys. Um... Sorry, the cats distracted me. Um, That's okay. I was like waiting for the oh, question. Oh, so one of the things that I found, at least with list building, especially playing with Steamroller 24, is I'm finding that there's more strengths and I'm having a more, um, I guess, positive experience slash outcome with my army the more diverse my army is. Um, have you guys found that with how you've been playing or has it just kind of been all in on your strongest? I spam you know, marauders. Well, that's different. We're going to get into that later. Okay, that's like its own topic. Um, but I, f I feel like utility is huge right now. Yeah, I have a very narrow platform on which to stand with Wintercore at the moment. So uh, I'm kind of forced to take the same set of tools regardless, I feel like. All of the things that I want to be taking uh, wear multiple hats anyway. Like, the bison doesn't just knock things over, or sorry, not not knock things over, but doesn't just annihilate things at ranged. Um, you know, it can slam stuff and charge things very well because it's a cavalry model. So all of the pieces that that do the best jobs in the armies that I'm normally running already fall into that category. So in that respect, I haven't really had to change too much yet. But we'll see as I dig deeper. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I think your cadre is going to get probably get sprinkled into like every single uh, army you build too. I've actually found that most of the lists that I had playing the new scenarios, because they were built in like the Mark III world, not Mark III world, sorry, the Mark III uh, steamroller packet, I find that they're not as effective as they were. And what I'm hoping for is like some of these models that I never reach for, right? The Barragers, the Strike Reavers. I'm kind of hoping that there might be a world, maybe just like an ideal situation that I put them somewhere and they just work for this scenario because that's how the scenario elements have been developed or it's just how it, it works. Two big things with the Mark IV scenarios that I've, that I've found. Having a backline unit that can just hang back and shoot and score is massive. Being able mm. to get work out of a unit that's still able to sit back and, and keep that point active, because it's a lot of the time you feel like you're wasting models if you're sitting back there and not doing anything. And uh, the other thing is the uh, objectives on the side of the board. Ambush can be really, really big in Mark IV now. Even even if they're not doing a lot, ambush is ambush is effective again. 
I, I agree. I think it's a staple to put into any one of your scenarios. Like, how many of the scenarios is, like, there are wide things? There's, like, at least half of them where, like, an ambushing model can at least make your... Oh, wait a second. Isn't that thing, like, in, like, ambush now work at, like, bottom of one now? Yeah. Uh, it's it's in the core rules section change, I believe, right? I'm going to go take a look. Uh, advanced deployment ambush section. Second paragraph reads, change turn to round. Yeah, that's the change. So... Instead of on the first round, you can't deploy on the first round. Now you can't deploy on the first turn of the game. Gotcha. So okay. second player's first turn, totally valid. I like the change. I was just making sure it was in it. It's just, it's weird. Like, I, like where, where the thing is going now is that I feel like going first is such... I don't see what the benefit of being first now is. I feel like second, you just get so much more opportunities. You still get the same I thing going so. first that you always got. All of the board space you want. Yeah, but now That's you have to worry about the ambushers. Like now, like, like but yeah, being on the know. receiving end, going somebody ambushing always always hurt because you had to wait yeah. a long time to get them on the board. I think I think it's just that I have I when I come down to like always like rolling the die, I feel like I never win the roll, so I never get the outcome that I want like in any scenario. So like I was always getting second when I wanted to be first. I'm always going first when I wanted to be second. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to choose uh, table side, Paul. Yeah, dude, the time <laughs> of second is now. As somebody that's been on the receiving side of like going second and just getting run at and not being able to play the game, like I'm I'm okay with that change. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, there's there's too many matchups in earlier Mark Four before this update that if you go first and if you have the right sumo push and if you You're on my speed, side of the board. The, the second the second player does not get Like why are you shape. here? <laughs> I'm glad they're taking a lot of steps to try and address that. I can see the writing on the wall all over the page here. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know whether they've gone too far or not. I haven't played enough of the new s scenarios to know whether going second is actually an advantage or not now, because there are a lot of that we want to talk about scenarios now about like holy moly, there's a lot of stuff that's like not a mirror image anymore. It's not a, it's not the same of us. I love payload. I love payload so much. It just I haven't conceptually played payload makes me yet, so happy. But that shit looks fucking wild. We've, Push the cart. I feel Push like out of all the games of payload, Andy and I played, we've never been able to pull off the uh, delivering that's, that's the payload. That's because we clogged. Oh, I've, we've both been like, yeah, we've both been clogging the hell out of that 50 mil. We're like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've um I've been able to make this stuff explode twice. It's just so funny. Like conceptually, it's such it's such a neat idea, and, and it's it's weird, not weird. It's very exciting that they take a narrative aspect to it, to an actual like steamroller. Like this is the competitive format. I just like it. You know what I mean? Like I, I love the narrative scenarios for what they try to have you go do, where it's like an asymmetric setup. It's just nice where there's a story to what we're actually fighting over. I'm yeah. like super jazzed about that scenario. I can't wait to play it. I like that you you score your opponent's objective with your objective, and you explode their objective with your objective. objective. So before we get into like the, the the meat in this, let's just do a quick round the table. What is your favorite of the new scenarios, and what is your least favorite, uh, Paul? I already said payload. I just I like payload. And the other thing with it is like when in college I played so much Team Fortress Two, so like one of the game modes is payload, where you actually push a bomb like on a cart. Cart goes wrong way. No. Just like to see that this was a thing. I just I want to make a little fifty mil uh, base of like the actual like bomb that's used in that, and just use it every single time. I don't care if it's silly or you know not the right flavor of War Machine, but my God, it would just make me enjoy it so much how more. about least favorite scenario least favorite um, or one that gives you the most like jitters i mean I, so i don't want to say 
least favorite. I'll say Jitters is the Wolves at the heel, just because that eventually you're going to be in the middle of the board with the other opponent. Now, there's like line of sight blocking stuff in the middle. You might be able to stay safe, but at a certain point, you might not be able to protect your caster. Or it's going to be harder and harder to protect your caster, um, especially if maybe they still have a lot of guns available. You know, you don't have as many shield guards. Dan? Well, Paul took mine, so I'll go with the... That other one that feels like capture the flag, where you're supposed to bring the objective towards your deployment zone. Invasion. That's invasion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for the. the I haven't, pl- I haven't yeah, played that, that one yet. Have you played that one? I haven't played it yet, but I I like it because it feels like capture the flag to me. Um, and I have a suspicion that Winter Core might like that scenario because we've got some pretty go- strong guns that that help control the enemy. You got a lot of throwaway units too. Go get, bring back, don't all die. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, what is your least desired scenario? Um, so far, I think it's the first one. Um, was that Recon, Recon. Mark 4? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty static. Because, uh, yeah, it's a little static. And um, out of everything else that I saw in this packet, that was the least shiny. That's fair. Andy. I really enjoyed Two Fronts, um, even though we played it wrong the first time we played it, lady. <laughs> we played um, that all kinds of wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really, I think two fronts is very elegant. There's two sides of the board. You have two fifties and two forties. If you can score both of those on the same turn, you get bonus points. So it really rewards you for going out on a limb and actually like going hard onto both sides of that that table and say, "I'm taking this." I can get really far ahead on scenario for doing it. I like being able to um, make bili- make big attrition sacrifices to big to get big scenario advantages. I think that's a really cool. Um, I, I like that one a lot. Um, I gotta agree with Dan on the on my least favorite though. Recon is uh, it, I I don't think I've ever seen anybody win on scenario in recon. Gotcha. Yeah, it's but, fine. It, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, but but maybe the maybe there needs to be like some more dead scenarios and more live scenarios. Maybe there's got to be variants there just to make sure different um, army styles can you know shine. I'm just like wondering if it's that there's not too much. What is what have they got in here? I'm like looking at this. It's a forty and a thirty in flags. And look at the other one. It is fifty, forty, and caches. Yeah, the problem with okay. recon is as soon as those caches are scored, you really only have a hand like there's four total things on the board that you can score. If you're possibly scoring all four of those, you've won the game already. There's no way they're not mm-hmm. contesting you on any of those at that point. Like so Generally, you're going to score one or two per turn, maybe three if you're if you score a cash. But there's just it's so hard to pull ahead on that one. Erica, you still got to share yours. Okay, so this might be a bit of a hot take. So my favorite is probably battle lines, and the reason I say battle lines is um, every time I've played it, I feel like the fight has been spread across the entire table, which I really like. And the game gets really crazy as later as the game gets. So, like, scoring is so freaking... It's like a slog at the beginning of the game. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I like, I got 13 points. All right, you got 11 points. It just... <laughs> I do think Battle Lines is, is, one of the, is one of the more balanced ones. It's very, very good. Yeah, that, I, I really, really you know, There's points on the lines. board, and, and it, you can run away with it. The yeah. movement... But, lady, your zones move. Your, okay, your yeah, we're going to talk about that in our least they favorite one. They move every one. turn. I don't mind that one. It, that one's not as egregious as some of the other ones to me. But I do like that the whole, it feels like the whole battlefield is involved in battle lines, which um, I really, really enjoy. 
My least favorite is uh, Wolves at Her Heels. And a couple reasons. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, one, <laughs> it's a bunch of variables. So I'm thinking on behalf of like, uh, like as a TO, this is my TO brain happening. Um, I know when we've been played this, we've messed this up a lot. And I think this is one that if you're a judge or a TO, you're just going to have to like really walk around, get involved with your players, make sure they are hitting everything because this scenario feels like it has the most variables where um something's different is happening across the the board and um i'm worried some stuff's going to get missed as the players are playing especially that turn four where you get the bonus points i think we've forgotten that at least a handful of times this this scenario feels a little bit bloated in that there's just there's a a couple bonus rules that are just on top of all the regular rules and it's just like it's hard to remember all of them. Look, this one this one's gonna be my like spread the net for this season. <laughs> I'm just as a TO, hey, this one might not make the three round rotation, you guys. That's spread the net was that's good, all I'm lady. saying. That's a good scenario. <laughs> like that's just all I'm saying is that this one might get left out of the queue when we're uh, when we're running a three round event. We're rolling the dice, lady. We're not we're not we're not biased. <laughs> it's random. It's random. <laughs> random TM. Randomish. I think we covered all of them, right? We we at least talked all about all of them at one point. Can I go back real quick and hit some highlights for Kator? Because I didn't get a chance to talk about mm. that. Oh, yeah, go for it. No, we have to move yeah, on. No, it's okay. <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry, right. Dan. Um, it's okay. So, real quick, I'll just go through some of the stuff that I saw on the Kator page that was like a highlight to me. Um, for the old um, Legacy Kator... Um, the highlights I saw, the Kovnik, the Mana War Kovnik, got Desperate Pace changed to a battle plan. And I have been kind of asking for that ever since Mark IV dropped and some of the other models got Desperate Pace as a battle plan because that guy has never made it to the fight. He just is just been always just trundling up four inches, Desperate Pacing somebody, and then just living his life that way. So I was confused when I'm he really didn't get excited, it. Right? <laughs> like everybody, I, I'm really excited when that they, he might actually be able to swing his axe When they now. remembered to give it to Gravis, I was like, they remembered Gravis. How'd they not remember this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other one, the uh, fifth division, uh, my highlight there is getting uh, Butcher. Um, I think he's going to... Uh, yield an extra cool like playstyle for that army um, because it does a lot already but one thing that it doesn't necessarily do super well um, is really punch through armor at ranged um, and you can now stick a bunch of Winter Guard in the line and, and you know point him at the enemy under Butcher 1's feet and he can probably get the job done especially with their CRAs and stuff Wait, which, which army um, did Butcher get put into? I thought Butcher got put into uh, 5th Division, the Winter Guard one. That's right, and then Karchev went the oh, other one. Oh, no. Is, there, is it Butcher Correct. Rockets again? Is this what we have to deal yes. with? Yes, it's Butcher Rockets. But no. the Rockets did go up a point, Andy, so they're not quite as expensive, as, quite as efficient as they used to be. I'm sad about the, it. <laughs> the I'm glad, regular I'm glad Winter Guard came now, over. The regular Winter Guard now are like five models for four points, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, less than um, a point a model. Yeah, I put like eight units of Winter Guard into a list just now, and it only came to like seventy points. And I was like, "Hmm, this feels good." Stalingrad's back. Yeah, it looks um, like and it. Now it. And now it shoots real hard too. It's dirt um, <laughs> shoots good. Karchev is like more of the same. Um, I like that he he's one of my favorite fluff casters, and I have an excellent conversion for him. So I'm real happy to have him as an option in Prime again. Um, but he feels like more of the same for the rest of the Man of War army. Um, he, I guess he gives you a good alternative to running 
um, uh, Harkovich as your mainline, you know, jack caster or heavy heavy armor caster. So that's nice. Um, and Warpath is nice to have. Um, so we'll see if that bouncing around of threat ranges gives you something extra uh, to bring to the field in some some mana war armies. I'm, I'm excited to see what people come up with for him. Um, for the winter core side, um, Puissance now is model unit, so we have a proper uh, infantry damage buff in melee now, which feels real good. Uh, something the that the faction didn't have before that, and hopefully that'll make the um, the pikemen shine pretty brightly because they just started a pal 17 with that spell on them. They have two attacks um, now, right? The pikemen. They've had two attacks since launch. Uh, they've oh, always okay. had that shield. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with yeah, two so attacks, the shield's a pal like twelve that, too now. That ain't bad. Yeah. That's right. Um, and um, what else did I get? Uh, they adjusted some points on the direwolf. Um, I saw that they made it so the shield um, is the same price as the flamethrower now, and at four points, that's going to be a real, real consideration for me, because I don't always need a shield depending on what that jack's role is. But for the same price, I can have an open fist and a spray weapon. Seems pretty good. Yeah, they downgraded um, the spray to spray six now, right? Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, I mean, it, it is two weapons in one. It's a power fourteen, and on top of that, you just get a spray. So, exactly, it it's just gravy at that point. Yeah, honestly, it's still it's still great. It's I I feel like the direwolf as a whole got sort of a side grade. Yeah, it was always good. Um, it's still good. So they've changed a couple things that are like the. Um, uh, the clerical changes with the Kodiaks, grab and smash, and things like that, which is neat. Um, I want to see what the new Shock Trooper Gunners are capable of. I'm curious to know if two base attacks, like being able to walk and spray twice, is going to carve out a niche role for them in the army, when before it felt like they just did the same thing as other units, but worse. Um, the infantry got faster because the heavy weapons don't weigh him down, which is a great change. That always just felt like an extraneous rule that was trying to just put stuff on the card for no reason. Um, and I believe they went down a point, which is nice. I'm still not convinced that they have an excellent use case because I think they just kind of melt to everything, so it doesn't really matter how cheap you make them. Um, it's their job is they, to die for their country, Dan. It's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they make a great distraction. Yeah, I mean they're um, def thirteen. Like that's as long as they're def thirteen and relatively cheap, they'll survive some things and die to most things. That's just their their role. Right. Uh, the problem is that when you have one or two surviving members, they're just not capable of doing enough much yeah. of anything. Uh, they can't fill whatever role it is you tried to bring them for. They don't. They don't have that much of a presence anymore. So if someone can get a good AOE into the unit and wipes most of its members, you know the one or two guys that are left are, are just going to get sneezed at eventually and die. They don't draw priority fire anymore. They're not dangerous in a way that cause cause threat. I just I struggle to find a way to use that unit effectively. Um, how does uh, Dan? How does the changes with Damien and like the uh, the Merc solos work oh. for you and Winter? Thank Corn God now? they finally changed that. Um, I'm so happy to actually be able to use the uh, spell slave the way I think it was originally intended. Um, it was. It felt so weird being able to put like return fire on the rack and then have him rack spell return fire onto Invictus, 
but he can't put it on a bison? What? Um, <laughs> I feel the same way about uh, the new Moriarty model. Like, being able yeah. to cast, like, Revive on my units or Fury Strength is really, really cool. Yeah. Spell Slave. Um, but, but then you couldn't target because one was friendly faction to the Merc and the other's not. And it's just so weird. I'm glad they finally... Well, now you can't buff uh, Magnus anymore, unfortunately. So. <laughs> yeah, it's that's fine. Oh, no. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm actually really happy because you're talking about the Mercs. I'm really happy with Mulgreth now having Entropic Force because yeah. he actually, I feel, has a better role now. Just especially in our meta because we have, you know, the Hazaroth play. So, and, you know, we have Hazaroth that, that I million, can um, play around. Bloods players around. So many Brine Bloods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm real, I'm real never sad about it. Excellent. Yes. I already, more, pl- more of this I already play in a lot of dust. It's Entropic Force as far as the eye can see. You guys, I take the UA every time against this man, and it pays in dividends. I haven't look. I haven't, team, I got one too. I haven't rolled a tough roll in weeks. Know your meta, folks. Mm. Know your meta. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, before we get off of Steamroller, um, sorry not to like bring it back. Um, oh, Dan, yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about the Winter Core? Oh yeah, the officer went down a point. Hooray! Um, <laughs> that, I, it's a I, great I solo, by the way. That's a great solo. I was happy paying three points for him. They said he was underperforming. I'm like, I don't see it, but I'll take I, the win. I think he was great at three points. He's amazing at two I points. I was taking two exactly. in my games. They're yeah. great. The thing, that, the thing that bugs me about that change now is that I look at the officer for two points, and then I look at the mechanic solo for two points, and I'm like, what the f***? <laughs> the mechanic solo is so bad for it's two so points. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Um, but I was going to say for Steamroller, something I wanted to uh, hit on before we completely leave it is the flag changes. Um, and we might have touched on this in our last podcast. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that because it changes up every scenario like the flag is is a part of is going to be different regardless of um, your default setup. The one thing that came over or didn't get changed with the errata is structures and flagging. So I'm going to use the guard tower, the bunker as an example. So rules is written. If I choose to flag a guard tower, I can't score it or contest it if I'm inside the guard tower. Oh, is that true? Do you, that is true do you guys think this is something takes them out of the game? Yeah. Yeah. So like if I want to score, like, let's say I flag a guard tower and I want to score it. My little guys have to get outside the tower and stand outside of it. <laughs> Please don't enter. Good. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys think this is an oversight or do you guys think it's um, I intentional? I think this is a holdover from the old uh, scenario. So maybe make somebody aware of that. That probably yeah. is not intended in the new scenario. I don't know. Can we talk about the the structures for a second? Because they are all also they, uh, did they get 18. changed? Do you think? Yeah, they got they're, changed. They're right? now they got minus two armor, and I think that, that might be actually. I think people are still going to hate might, them. <laughs> I think, but I mean, like you're able to deal with them then at that point. Do, because they, do they still have? I, I had some. He, I think so. I wait. Do they all have carapace or just the guard tower? They both did. Terrain bunker okay. changes reduce arm to eighteen. Complete building rules added. I don't see carapace. Uh, guard tower, arm 18, complete building rules are added. Well, it already had car- carapace, so if they don't say it's been removed, then it still, should still but be. I don't see it. I'm looking at yeah. the guard tower right now in the library, and I don't see carapace on the card. I mean, arm 22 it, to shooting is, is easier to kill than arm 24 to shooting, I guess. I guess where, where I'm getting at is, like, I somebody ended up mentioning um, on, our, on our Discord that they're like, the Tyrant's Quad Bolter went down a pow. But at max, what you're doing is that you are removing two to four damage output, I guess arguably five, 
up to five if you're playing with a Kishtar, so three to five. Um, so you're only, like, it, it's that's five damage, so it's, that's not a lot. But, I mean, like, for the list that ran two of those Tyrants, that's, like, maybe upwards of, like, eight to ten, you know, eight to ten damage. Like, that's actually a lot. So the way I look at it is that you're you're able to do ten damage that you weren't able to go do before to the, uh, sorry, uh, five damage. No, yeah, ten damage per hit um, to the Guard Tower, right? Is that how the math works for that? Ten Am I not doing this right? I, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. So sorry, I, did, that, I, I spaced so out as getting, soon as you started talking. I'm gonna be honest. What 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 you're saying is that the quad bolter now is less efficient at bringing down heavies and or buildings, right? It's less efficient, but it's. I guess where I'm getting at, if it's less efficient that you're reducing power, you're also making it easier to kill things by reducing the armor. So where I'm getting at is that I think them. I think they want to probably have more guard towers and bunkers in the match and being able to actually deal with it. And this might be a step in the right direction to help out with that. Yeah, you might have to go and, you know, melee them, but you may not have to commit as many resources to actually destroy Do them. Do you think it's enough weapons. to yes. make these more widely accepted at the by the community at large? I'll tell you what. I mean, maybe. Make them, like, I think make it's them a chargeable. step in the right direction. No, that's not going to work. That I think also, that, that goes you, back to what the issue um, is that they're too the easy to kill. The bit about it having carapace, it's a uh, it's a rule that is like carapace but doesn't have that word in it. Uh, it's found under the destroyable section of the building rules. Oh, here's and a, it says that buildings gain plus four arm against range attack. Oh, uh, okay, rules. okay. Gotcha. So it's, here's, a different it's just part rule. of the core rules, not not specific to each one of the buildings itself. Here's a question: If you charge another model and engage the guard tower that while you're charging and you guard tower is not a model i I'm, I'm just saying like say you're say you charge another model and you are in melee of the guard tower and you teleport all your friends in melee of the guard tower do they get charge attacks on the guard tower if they want i think paul's answer still answers it because it is not a model it cannot be engaged at the end of the charge movement like a model right because that that yeah. text in the book only can says never engage or be engaged. Yeah, yeah, that you get charge attacks against models engaged by the first one that ends its movement, right? But not a model so can't get a charge attack against it. I continue to not find ways to kill them, so I'm going to continue to not enjoy them very much. But but to the point someone was trying to make here is that having them be more destroyable potentially and more interactable potentially. Um, and putting them more on the board to get them, you know, and the players using them will give us more ability to understand what changes might be needed to make these things really hit the sweet spot in this game. Um, they're clearly not going away, and if we want to be able to live with them in a better way, we should try to embrace them a little bit, you know, kick the tires, and, and see if we can't suggest something really good for... You know, for next January. If people are unhappy with just a minus two armor cut, say something about it. They, uh, Private Press has pretty clearly been listening to our feedback over the last 12 months, so I don't think they're going to stop. Yeah, I'm, like, looking at this. I'm not I'm not trying to argue, like, go through a heavy at this now, but, like, a tyrant with, um, whatchamacallit, with red line on it can actually probably maybe, if you're lucky with your dice... Average, it doesn't kill it, but if you swing high enough, you could actually probably kill it. So on average, you fail to kill it with a fully loaded heavy. That's. But uh, I mean, like if you're able. But now you can. But think about it like this: though, because that now the carapace thing isn't as high, you can maybe shoot at it for a turn, maybe be a little bit more effective of your shots, and then maybe I'm not. I'm not trying to tell you to go throw a heavy at it. Like I would. Yeah. I would not want to 
commit a model to that unless I know the guard tower is going to go be destroyed. I just think it's a step in the right direction so that they're going to be on the table, so we're going to be more interested in playing them, and then maybe we can even get more structures yeah. if, it's, if it's, they're ever going to be it, making It's just hard, because the, the, uh, the other option is if you are in range of doing something to the opponent's units, it's always the better option than to try and murder that guard tower. It's just, it, it doesn't make any sense to go after the guard tower and sacrifice your heavy for no reward well i mean like if you kill the guard tower there's stuff inside of it i mean everything dies in it but i see what your point is i mean maybe you've got a maybe you've got to destroy the guard tower so you can drive your objective through it in the steamroller that's how you get your that's how you get your wolves at the gate across the uh, across the line the only way to do it is bringing down that building oh compelling things. if the the flag is the guard tower then moving your uh your 50 mil up to it makes it go away Yes. No. Yes, it does. <laughs> Nothing I like better than seeing a guard tower be taken off the board. Faux free. Faux free. <laughs> not, not even that, but could you imagine where you do um, the Wolves of the Hill and you throw the guard tower or a bunker in front of it and like you as a player on that side have to decide, am I going to go and actually destroy this thing to allow that objective to be able to have a more straight shot to the other side? I don't know. Or in the new steamroller... Um, having one side's terrain be really, really good and beneficial, and then sit the guard tower on the other side. And be like, great, if you're player two, which side do you want? <laughs> I, I do love any time there's a player two agonizing over which side they want, instead of just going, eh, it's about the same, fuck them. Yeah. So, I think there's a lot to like with buildings, still. Um, I still wanted to adopt them from the beginning, because I think it's an extra cool layer that we can add to our games. And I think that the way they may interact with uh, the new steamroller stuff, because they're destroyable, removable terrain features, uh, could could be really cool. There could be a lot of depth to it. Um, There's like a lot of things that can be removed now as well, especially with the because uh, the 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 scatter is removed with the 80 mils. Uh, I can't wait to get my battle brig and just run over shit with my giant balloon. And the other the other change in that in that vein is that they've also. Uh, made a core rule change to spells like uh, Rockwall, um, oh, which yeah. say that 80 millimeter and 120 millimeter models remove that spell effect and that template from the game when they when they touch it. So it's where, where similar to defenses. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, if you if you look at all wow. of the everything that has Rockwall got that update. Wow, that is so cool! I did I I glanced over that at even see. That's pretty cool. Saverin stocks are down. Womp womp. Yeah, it used to be a really, really powerful tool to control where colossals are allowed to be, and now it's uh, it does just it doesn't have that use case anymore. Which is fine because with, with the new scenarios and all of the objective bases that need to be stood upon or can't be stood upon now, um, there may have been an opportunity, and with defenses as well, there may have been an opportunity for a lot of clutter to be too much clutter. Yeah, I think um, I agree. Like there's it with the new scenarios, like there's so many places you're just not allowed to stand. Being right. able to screw somebody over with a rock wall on top of it isn't uh isn't fun. Right. And I think that if they did not add this clause to scatter terrain, that scatter terrain that would prohibit scatter terrain from existing in a game of war machine. Um just due to the scale of models and things like that. So I am very happy to see that they've made an odd to that as well. They, you can't put a bunch of boxes like in this area and expect a, a thing the size of a CD to sit flat. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, um, Paul and I played with Scatter Terrain the other week and um, it was fun. Like I was, I was proxying a blimp and it was cool just to like fly that thing around and destroy statues and stuff. It was just like, I need to land here, so I'm just going to land here. 
<laughs> it just also opens up the door for more terrain because that, that's my favorite part of this mm-hmm. game is that you can just have prettier looking tables. Um, oh, and go ahead. yeah, I was going to say on that note too. So uh, for those that may or may not know, um, our group is uh, running all of the War Machine events at Nova Open in DC. Tickets go on sale March 1st. Um, but part of the primer we're putting together for that weekend is going to include a terrain primer um so i think with scattered terrain and some of the unique stuff that uh metas might be putting together i think it's important for tos a little bit of a side tangent but i think it's important for us to clearly define what that terrain is and not leave that up to our players just because the terrain field is going to be so much more diverse in this season of war machine than previous you're like saying like this thing will give you cover, exactly. But this one gives you concealment and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One one stipulation we've had so far is say you have those little those little barrels. Like they're yeah. not they're not any wider or taller than a wall, but you could argue you could agree that it gives you cover, right? If by standing behind it. But there's an argument to be made of like, is this an obstacle? Is this treated like a wall? Can I charge over it if I have Pathfinder, or am I blocked by it? Even though it's like about the size of a wall you kind of have to straighten that out before the game starts yeah and i definitely think that that should be the responsibility of the tos um and not the players because we don't want to make sure i think seth says the best right we make sure everyone's playing the same game and it also uh, will help alleviate some miscommunication between the players yeah, it's all- so, Erica, the big question is, what are barn animals going to be? I actually added them in the primer today. Like, no no joke, no shit. Uh, we do have farm animals. So, in our meta, uh, quick sidebar, we have a lot of players who utilize uh, corpses and souls. Um, and before the grave robbing card came out, it was really hard to get that. So, we kind of, like, had an in-house rule where it's, like, we would put farm animals on the table on one side of the board and then like you could farm the farm animals for corpses or souls cows don't have souls <laughs> so um now they're just going to be um they're not obstructions they do give you cover though i, I gotta look at the primer but they definitely they made count? the the document do they, do they count as enemy models <laughs> no no we uh <laughs> no, you can't, can't you can't charge can't the pig Boris's feet so- off sorry sorry about that rev pigs. if you're listening rev we're sorry <laughs> <laughs> she is i'm not <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think we're gonna use them as like some sort of cover or um you know obscuring line of sight just to make it fun and make the table more thematic yeah but i mean like to your point though that's exactly the reason why you want to go and do that because you might have something weird that up for interpretation like what is this supposed to be yeah. you know as i as i shake the the carnival sign like what is this yeah or maybe farm animals is something else on the other side of the world you know we don't know so that's why it's good to i think have a document yeah. that our players can reference before the, the a tournament. biggest problem with leaving it up to players is they could be halfway through the game before they even think about it they're like oh what are the rules for this and now you're and now it's too late to have set the ground rules with with each other and now mm-hmm. now everybody's got our taste we've even so. seen that with hills where um you know is this a tall hill or a regular hill and i've seen that in real time where like one player thought it was a, a high hill that they could hide behind yeah they thought they had and it wasn't yeah blocker and they don't so i think i think it's important for us to define that <laughs> everybody loves tall hills tall hill it's all about tall hill these days no more i would hill. actually my my biggest hope is that some of these games you actually have some of those high elevations i don't if it would actually happen who knows but actually like high elevation like two or three of those insulation foam like high on like one side maybe like one on the other side no. just so you actually have like real elevation no paul no <sighs> this is what i love and stop, Let make, me have stop a... making mountains paul 
one mountain. On that note, yeah, on that I'll note, I'll have to repair my models when they fall off the mountain. We we did read your guys's feedback from the Susquehanna scuffle and Nova. We are going to um, uh, be a little better with the hills so your models don't fall off. So uh, we definitely uh, heard your feedback about the 3D terrain. We're gonna we're gonna smooth that out for for this year. We push the limit where we can. I told you that was a thing. I told you that was a thing that people talked about years ago when Hills came back, didn't I? All right. Do we want to talk about anything else? Do we want to do these no, steamroller changes and talk about your... St- we've been talking for about an hour, and I'd rather get yeah. this on over uh, Do you want to get... Yeah, now. steamroller changes, that's the end, right? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, and, uh, Erica. You did a very great steamroller video oh, with some really you. nice models. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do a plug for that. Talk about... Any other like steamroller sure. changes um, and stuff, and we'll get. So uh, first and foremost, I want to thank uh, the community Delaware War Machine for uh, providing your beautiful painted models. I think uh, we had every single Mark IV army represented in a couple pictures, which was was pretty awesome. So including Chimera. So um, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, second disclaimer: we had a few updates. So if you look at the video description, I think we have two corrections in there. One is the 10 inch for terrain. That's not a thing anymore and invasion um so just make sure if you're watching the video you you take a look at the description so long story short we put together about a 14 minute long quick hey this is the big steamroller changes the big high notes right it's like a 20 page document we're not gonna go through every page in detail and then there's a quick like one to two minutes uh, summary of each scenario so if you're um Uh, running tournaments or you're trying to uh, learn some of these scenarios uh, not to like plug the video but I will Um, it's it's a good it's a good reference if you're looking okay how do I move this scenario piece how do I score it Um, we have that all on camera for you guys that's easy to follow Uh, but I'm glad um, I'm glad everyone's been enjoying it so far Um, it's a great video oh thank you a cup a couple of things, though, just to highlight, um, everybody, when you get the opportunity, go make sure you read it. They've made a huge emphasis on, like, widgets and measuring devices, um, so that way you don't have, like, acrylic just scattered all over the table, um, which I think, one, just makes the game look a little bit better, I think, and you don't have all the widgets all over the place. But, yeah, just read over the scenario multiple times to make sure that you and your opponent know what's going on. I think that's it. Anything else? No. Um, for me, those scenarios just look... Uh, super dynamic and I am excited for this competitive season I want to see what shakes out of this packet Um, as with anything else when you're competing with a bunch of people um, always be respectful of your opponents and um, you know just be there for the spirit of the game and enjoy yourself have fun yeah I haven't gotten a lot of uh, a lot of games over the holidays so I'm excited with this new packet to start getting reps in uh, Captain Con is February 2nd. I'll be up there. We'll have a couple people up there. Uh, Rick's coming. Ryan's coming. Uh, Pete's coming. Um, so we'll have a, a whole bunch of people from Delaware Machine uh, at the sold-out Captain Con at this point. That thing sold out three times, I think. Yeah, then we got Adepticon right after that. Yeah, I know. Hey, <laughs> no breaks on the tray, but I think we're hitting like a convention every month until April. And then you got Burger Brawl right after that. We got, yeah, we got MAGFest this month, Captain Con, Adepticon, Boker Brawl. Then I will have. I'm looking. No up, I'm looking forward to the brawl. That's that's my jam every year. <laughs> I think. Oh, Seth, if you're listening, I think we're bringing three teams this year. Three teams, no alternates. No right, alternates. Yeah, yeah, we're running yeah, running no, deep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On a tightrope, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's never worked before, and it'll it'll never work now. So, it's not going to start. So we'll end up with with two teams and four alternates. Of course, we just don't know who that's going to be. <laughs> 
Uh, everyone's uh, playing everyone else's army. It's great. Um, I guess I would say is uh, I'm I'm super excited going into this new uh, season of War Machine Battle Reports. We're going to start filming again. I think um, our patrons, you guys voted on uh, a wolves at our heels. So that's the scenario we're getting. And I think it's going to be Wintercore versus Rick's Chimera. So Chimera will be premiering on the channel. We're super excited uh, to, to take a look at his beautiful army. Uh, thanks again for everyone's support. Uh, tickets for Nova go on sale March 1st. If you guys are thinking of coming, uh, please, please, please pick up your tickets early. Um, that is going to be the big thing that's going to either gain us or lose us tables. So, buy tickets, um, buy, buy tickets yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. To everything, not just our event, too. Like, if you guys are going to, like, Broker Brawl, Warfare Weekend, um, I think Adepticon's almost pretty much sold out at this point. Uh, get, get your tickets early. Events are filling up, and that's the only way we can get more tables for you guys. I got nothing else to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I... Everybody, thank you so much for listening. I, literally, I have, like, nothing. I just want to go to bed now at this point. So. I, I love you, Paul. <laughs> I, love, I, love you. I love you, War Machine Dad. It's, it's the right time for bed. Let's do this. I know. All right. Hey, uh, from everyone that was listening to the whole entire episode, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it as always. And we will catch you on the next one. Take care, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Everybody. Bye.